What's up, guy? What is up, guy? Welcome back to Josue. As I say, if you're new here, I am Josue, and this is what I have to say. Before we kick off, I want to remind you guys to please subscribe, share, follow, like, comment, do all the things as it does help out us creators to grow. A little by little, seems silly, but it does work. Today's episode is going to be about a topic that I've had in mind for a while. However, I haven't exactly been able to do it because I didn't know who to have that conversation with. However, I found the perfect person and it's a local Miami businessman who is actually involved with OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, Gabriel Stunna Verona. Welcome on the pod. Thank you. Welcome. What can you, uh, well, before we begin, actually tell me where the Stunna came from. Because you can't just come on here and be like, Stunna, not not tell me like. So many years ago, before I got into the fighting, um, I used to do tricks on motorcycles. So everybody's like, yo, Stunna, Stunna, Stunna. And then when I let off the bike scene, I went into the fight scene because my coaches are like, yo, if you're going to turn pro, you got to stop riding the streets because you're always going to get hurt. You're not going to be able to fight. So I said, all right. So I left the bikes alone. When I started fighting pro, I was like, everybody's like, yo, Stunna, Stunna. I'm like, is this the name I'm sticking with? And I just, I stuck with the name, bro. And I can't get rid of it if I wanted to. Stunna. Still Stunna what it ki- is. What kind of fighting were you doing? MMA. I was nice. fighting professionally in MMA, yeah. So for like 12 years almost. So, yeah, long time. I feel like the MMA scene is like growing a lot in Miami. Growing up. Like a few years ago, it was it was there, but it now was it's dead. like... It was dead years ago. Not compared to now. No, now it's huge. Now it's huge. Everyone, I mean, everyone's pretty aware of MMA now, at least down here, you know? Brother, so like I was telling you before, right before we started, I actually, this is the first time that we meet, yep. um, but I remember during the COVID time, the, the video that went viral of uh, you like fighting back to get your establishment opened up because yeah, they, they shut down your gym. It was Jimenez at the time, right? Yep. It was Jimenez. And no, what came of that was crazy because bro, it was, for me, it was something quick and stupid. It was just like, yo, we have been closed for three months. I paid all my utilities, all my bills. I paid all my salary, my team, everything. I didn't skip a beat. So when they said, hey, you guys are going to reopen on this day, I said, great. And then all of a sudden, they're like, they're going to re- close you guys again. They're going to keep you guys closed. I'm like, what? I'm like, nah. So I said, what are we going to do? I was like, yo, I'm going to go to the mayor's house, start a scene. <laughs> if I do that, the presence will be there. And I was like, you know, it is what it is. So I literally put on Instagram, and I tagged a bunch of trainers, local trainers, local gyms in Miami. Like, yo, I'm going to go here. The only one that really pulled up was Joe from No Days Off. He pulled oh, up and yeah, said, y'all meet yeah, you there. Yeah. And bro, we did it. We went there and I, I just, and I wasn't trying to disrespect or nothing. I was just trying to like, yo, I can't close my business again. Yeah, he's your and, mayor. Like, you know, yo, I'm your constituent. Yeah, like, I'm going to tell you. Yo, you know what's up? Hey, look, I can't close my business. I can't afford to because I'll be done. And I, look, per- I personally know three gyms in my area that closed. So I was like, you know what? I got to fight for this. So I went, you know, we were there. Obviously the police was there. I mean, even before we got there, we saw, like, police everywhere. I'm like, they're anticipating it. Um, the word kind of spread on social media. And, and bro, right away, we got there. You know, the media showed up. Channel 7 News, Channel 10, everyone. They did a bunch of interviews. And it was cool. And I was like, look, I'm not here to disrespect anybody. I'm just here to let it be known. Like, yo, we cannot continue and we cannot afford to continue to be open. So, obviously, I did that. It worked out well for me. Um, obviously, I had... Behind the scenes, I had like some backlash. I mean, I had the feds come visit me. Homeland, Secur- Homeland Security. Homeland Security. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Homeland Security came to see me. They, I had to talk to them for a little bit. They were, they were cool. They were like, look, we're just doing our job. You know, I'm like, look, brother. Because supposedly at the same time with my luck, someone threatened the mayor. Oh, so they thought I was related. So they were like, hey, look, we're just trying to make sure you're not picking. I go, no, I have nothing to do with that. 
I just want to keep my business open. That's all I care for. And yeah, bro, and that was a big fight, but I had to do it. Guess what, brother? Yeah, tell me about it. Um, before we kind of kick off into your side job as a superhero. Okay, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, as I was telling you, there's a little... The reason I wanted to do this was because recently I, I frequent this little cafe by the beach and it's attached to a hotel and I was just waiting for the bathroom. It's a one person bathroom. When I look, I start, you know, you're just looking around and I looked at the sign and it said, Oh, something about watch out for human trafficking. Like this area is like, it's a, pro a proponent like area for, for that type of activity, this and that. Yeah. And it just kind of like sat in the back of my mind. And I'm like, bro, I'm here every day. Like, how is this just like, just like, yeah. And just like there on, on the wall, like, come on, like a, like a painting type yeah. shit. And yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? So it really sparked, you know, th this conversation. And before we get into OUR, um, let me read a little bit of uh, some stats that I found online okay. before we kick off into. So this comes from apparently is a place called the Human Trafficking Institute. It says that uh, this modern day form of slavery claims an estimated 24.9 million victims of all ages around the world. And it's a serious violation of human rights, obviously. So this includes two types of trafficking, one that, which is labor, which constitutes as 20.1 million. And the other one is sex trafficking, which is you know self-explanatory, yep. which constitutes 4.8. 3.8 are adults and 1 million were children, which is fucking insane. And that's around the world. In the US, I got these statistics from, I think the Department of Justice, something like that. It was a US website. It says a total of, uh, 2,198 persons were referred to the U.S. attorneys for human trafficking offenses in the fiscal year 2020, a 62% increase from the 1,360 persons referred to in 2011. The number of persons prosecuted for human trafficking increased from 729 in 2011 to 1,343 in 2020, an 84% increase. So in 10 years, basically, that shit's just fucking like skyrocketing. The number of persons convicted of a federal human trafficking offense increased from 464 people to 837 people. That was from 2011 to 2019. 92% were male of the convicts, 63% white, 18% black, 17% Hispanic, 95% were U.S. citizens. So these are actual fucking Americans I'm gonna tell you something doing this type of shit, which is insane. <clears throat> At the year end 2020, for the 47 states that reported data, 1,564 persons were in the custody of the state prison serving a sentence for a human trafficking offense. And what's even crazier than that is that statistically, Florida falls into the third state with the highest rates of human trafficking and Miami-Dade under one, number, number one, one under Florida. So we're in a hot, a hot area for that type of activity. So back to you, Gabriel. Tell us about uh, OUR, how you got involved, what you do, all that kind of stuff. So I'll tell you, I'll start with this. Uh, so long story short, I've, I started with them in February um, last year, 2022. I, a couple of years ago, I actually reached out to them. Like, hey, look, I'm, I don't know much about this because I was following them on social media. And I'm like, bro, I would love to be involved in this. And I literally just wrote to them, hey, look, I'm, I'm interested in being involved. And I didn't hear back, which is expected, bro. It was a big, big network. Um, Long story short, last year, uh, we ended up just, I ended up colliding with the official team, um, like all the big dogs, and bro, God just put me there. That's how I say it, because there's no other way of putting that together. These guys are from Utah, and they were in Miami, and I got connected with them. 
on a private, on a private, not even, they weren't here for like a big event. It was, right. it was just something very private. It was weird that I came about. And as I was there, I'm talking to a couple of the guys. I'm like, bro, I would love to be in this, blah, blah, blah. I would love to be involved in this. How could I help? So the guy that I was actually talking to, he's one of the head guys. He goes, hey, I'm in charge of everything overseas. I'm in charge of all the operations. Get my number. I got his number. He exchanged numbers. I, honestly, I thought nothing of it. I was like, they're not going to come call me up. Um, somebody that was the middleman was like, yo, this guy's very skilled. And, you know, in his fighting aspect, he does. He has proper firearms training. He's a street kid. He knows the stuff. So hooked me up with a good word. And then, man, within a week, he reached out to me. I said, hey, are you interested in going to do a training? I said, let's go. Called me two weeks later. Hey, forget the training. Can you go on this mission? I said, let's do it. And that was in February. And, bro, ever since then, I've I've traveled um, to DR. I don't even know how many times. Haiti, Mexico, um, Honduras. I've been to a bunch of places. And all year I was traveling nonstop. So it was pretty wild. So you focus more on overseas. Does OUR have anything on the in the States too? Yeah, on, so... Are they like separate division type so, of shit? So I'll tell you this. So I don't want to get into the politics, but like... <clears throat> um, when Trump was still in Office, play, yeah. they were having a big meeting with him and it was going to be good because they were going to actually form this company to be like a government company to help local police. Um, when Biden came into play, they figured that it wasn't a good card for them to do for whatever reasons, you know, right. obvious. Yeah. So they said, let's step back. Let's not do that. So they figured out another route. They've been working their ways in. Um, don't get me wrong, they're connected in every every state, every city, from headquarters direct with local police, and they've been assisting. The new big thing that we have, we brought to the table is we've been training canine units that can sniff certain liquids that are in phones, hard drives, battery, anything. And we've been assisting with getting, once you make an arrest or once you have a search warrant, being able to get that dog to, into a facility and sniff out where they hide the stuff. So that's all the evidence. But what is uh, the dog smelling for? Like hard drives, anything, anything like that computer, has computer, like computers, type of laptops, like... iPads, anything. Yeah, that's crazy. And what it does is because there's chemicals inside these computers, mm -hmm. phones, whatever. So that's what they train the nose to find. They train the nose to find that, and then what happens is there's your evidence, you know. Um, and there's, I mean, there's gonna be a couple things coming out soon. Of uh, there's even like a movie that's coming out soon, and it's uh, and how they arrested him was because of the evidence that they had, how much evidence they had on him. He had hidden so well, but it was just because they found it that, bro, it opened up a gateway. And uh, oh. so that's the big thing that's within the United States. Um, the thing for, like, for example, the team that I'm on, I'm in the Caribbean team. So I pretty much go to all the islands, outskirts of the U.S., obviously Florida. Um, obviously Mexico is not by here, but what I mean is primarily. Um, and what we do is... We assist local authorities, um, and yes, there's corrupted authorities, and there's not. I was just going to ask you about know, there's, that. Yeah. There's, there's levels to it. So you never really know who you're dealing with. You never know, and you never trust them, right? Um, but for example, like we have a couple, we have good relationships with some of them. For example, like in DR, we primarily work with five detectives with one head. They have a colonel and five detectives. That's the. F those are only five units that I trust. And the, the unit that they work with is Homeland Security from the United States. So that whole team, and I've done a couple big jobs with them, I trust them. They're legit. They're yeah. legit. Don't get me wrong. We have been undercover doing operations in DR, and we've had problems with corrupted cops, like, on the streets. 
So obviously you can't trust the algorithm. Yeah. And we've actually lost some good opportunities because we just lost a big one in December. We had a, we had a big arrest that we were about to do. And out of respect, the unit had to check in with the local police department just to notify them, hey, something's going down yeah. in your city. And they tipped off these people and we lost it. And it's, it, it sucks. It's hard because we're like, bro, fuck. That is hard because how, like, do, how do you step in someone's territory, not alert them, exactly. and at the same time, they don't trust them enough tricky. to not. And then it's like, fuck, <clears throat> we were so close. Like, we had this motherfucker and we lost him. Can I curse on this thing? Yeah, I don't go fuck. So we lost him. <laughs> my bad, I curse on <laughs> So we lost him because of that. And we're like, damn it. And it happens multiple times. I mean, in Mexico, a major trafficker, a female who was connected to the cartel, we lost her because she was connected and plugged up with everybody. She had everybody paid off. When we got the warrants to go get her, they cleared her, they gave her the heads up, and they were, she was long gone. And it happens. It happens all the time. So that's the hard part about this. That's the stressful part for me because I'm a go, go, go. So it's like, yo, what do you mean this just happened? So that really stresses me out. Man, it's uh, weeks and months of work that, work, you know, of getting everything together. I travel a lot nonstop. I travel a lot nonstop. So and you're like, oh, no, I came here for nothing. You're not wasting my time. And it's not because... You rattle the cage when you do that, you know, and a lot of times it's, it's stressful. There's days and days out that we're out there, but bro, a lot of things get done. Um, and pretty much what we do is we do like we play the American tours because it's what we are. You know, we help them out. We play the American tourist role, you know, meet everyone in the streets, good and bad streets, the tourists and in the hood. We meet who's who the key players are. We set up events. We help. We assist with the rest. Um, and it's a little bit of everything, man. Before we get into like some of like the specific cases that, that you know about, um, mm -hmm. have you personally heard or been involved or third party involved with anything in Miami, like where we live? So no, from where all the cases that we have, no, mm -hmm. I will tell you without saying names. Right, right. On a couple of the jobs that we have been on, like in the Dominican Republic, we had one job that uh, while we were doing everything. Two of the guys who were purchasing these girls for sexual activities were two big Florida yacht brokers. And I had to sit and watch them, and I was going crazy. That's a big one, because I know them by name. I, I know their company. I know where they work. They're from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, they're known faces, yeah. They're two big yacht brokers in Fort Lauderdale. And they're the perfect man here. Mr. Millionaire. I'm married. I got my kids. Have a successful business. No, nunca sabe, bro. You never know who. And I and then I have someone else. I'll tell you guys off record, but I won't tell you on okay. record. And I have evidence of it. The one that shocked me in December this year, this last year, we had a big investigation that we were doing, and while we were there, I freaked out because in the moment of us, we were doing an undercover op, and I had to do a money exchange with a trafficker. And my guys were filming from hitting cameras, whatever. And as I was in the middle of the transaction, I look up at the bar in front of me and somebody very famous from Miami was there. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I got so distracted. I'm like, no way that this motherfucker's not here right now. I'm like, this can't be. And I was like, it can't be happening right now. Like, this is not reality right now. Because I just looked up and I was like, what the fuck? I knew exactly who it was. I'm like, no way. And it's a famous face. Damn, bro, I don't even know if I want to know. And I was like, fuck, no way, this can't be. And then I'll tell you what makes it worse. So you would say, Coño, bro, you just saw him at a local bar. Wrong. Why? The place that we were at was a known, known, known underground for that type of activity. trafficking for minors. You go there because you want to have sex with little girls from the DR. Facts. Top of that, 
We go do the money exchange. We do it. We bounce. I tell my team. I tell my the Dominican police, bro, what the fuck? You guys don't even know who that just was. I Googled it. I showed them. And they're like, oh, my God. So fast forward. We went <clears throat> down the street to check up on another spot that we were checking up on. We're like, bro, it's already one in the morning, but let's just check up on it real quick and see if we look, we're looking for someone. We're like, let's see if Fulano's there. When we pull up, guess who pulled up? Buddy did again. Those are known places for it. It's not like he went yeah, to from a bar to a bar. You're not yeah, going to yeah, a tourist yeah, yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah. He went and I'm like, and that one mind boggled me because it's... No, and even if you, let's say, coincidentally, you end up there, you have people around you that be like, hey, let's not go here. This exactly. is, you have like and an entourage. You have like a... Right. Within a hey, few mile what, radius. What a coincidence. Yeah. What a coincidence. And there's plenty of bars around, but he didn't go to any other bar. <laughs> Whatever. So it's shocking, bro, sometimes. And so what I was saying was, so like you asked, it's the Miami guys, fine. I saw two big yacht brokers from Fort Lauderdale. I see this guy here from Miami locally, big. I'll tell you, the one thing that I've realized is the American. And that's our big in, internally for us, like with a couple of my company guys, we're like, bro, this is hard because of sometimes we're like, bro, they're mostly fucking Americans. Look, I'm not saying it's right, but we have it lovely here. When you travel to some of these countries, bro, they're starving. Yeah. You see some dark shit? Starving. Like, they're starving. And you could see how someone, I'm not saying I make it right. But I could see how someone would get so desperate that they would say, hey, here's my 14-year-old daughter. Give me this money and get her. It's sick. Survival, yeah. It's survival the instant. What's worse is that everyone who's the purchasers are from the U.S. You know how many people from the U.S. were like, this motherfucker, bro. And we stand there, we watch them. And don't get me wrong, like, we just had a huge operation where we just did a huge arrest. We we arrested 33 people, and we saved like 86 women in DR. Most of the transactions that we would witness were American men. That's crazy, in and out. bro. Jesus, man. And we've had success with, like now things are getting a little bit better for us in the sense of we had a case in Colombia of uh, an American guy who went, he brutalized the girl here, brutalized the girl there. And I, I'm not going to get the details. Like left her, you mean, after he was done with her type thing? Yeah, like he, he brutalized her sexually. And You went here with the crazy part? He went back home to Texas, and guess what he is? He's a fucking school teacher. So you're like, bro, it's mind-boggling. You're like, what the fuck? Yo, this will fuck with you. Like, yeah, like trust no one type no, shit. You never, does, like a fucking a, school teacher? Look, I become paranoid. Now when I hear like, and you get it. There's in Miami, a lot of people travel to go have fun. Got it. You want to go sleep around with... Yeah, her. but you still got to be a decent human being Listen, like, or live with yourself. There's a different level when you go into other countries just to go sexualize children. Right. Big difference. Right. Yo, you're going to go party with your boys and you're going to go have sex with a bunch of prostitutes? Not my problem. Go at I don't it. give a go shit. Go at it. I do have a problem with it. And if I know you or not, if it's with children, and especially what I've witnessed. And then at the same time that I know it's... Un I understand how some of these people could sell their souls for money because of the situations over there. It's a damn shame and it's sad. It's yeah, horrible. It's bro. sad. And you're like, damn, it's so bad that they would do that based off survival. And that, bro, it's it, it, it's a mind game, you know? It's a mind game. 
That reminds me, um, when I, w- I was kind of prepping for the podcast, I was listening to this other podcast called Crime Junkie. It's like a pretty big podcast, and they had one episode about, it's all about crime shit. Mm-hmm. One of them was about trafficking, and it was a girl here in 2012 uh, that was human trafficked. Uh, Nata- Natanalis, Perez, something like that. Um, anyway, one of the pieces of the podcast was saying how, allegedly, she claimed that in when they took her to one of these parties or whatever the fuck to be, you know, to be sexualized and trafficked, that most of the people in there were local Miami people from high regard, like either mayors or political figures or sergeants of a PD or things of that nature. So to go with what you just said about the yacht brokers and this other person, whoever that is, this is, it's, 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 it it aligns. I'll tell you like, um, so for in Haiti, which is a known, it's a known operation that, that happened with a company. Um, they did a major operation and they busted a place where they were doing, they were trafficking women and political guys would go sleep with the women and leave. It was like a house. Long story short, everyone, people from the U.S. embassy were going there. So it's like, how do you go and stop a problem when it's paid out from the inside? And then our guys were at risk. I mean, they took our passports and everything. Everybody was at risk. It was like, they went to our hotel to look for the people. It's scary, um, you know. Like, and like I, I told, I told you right before. Like, and I don't call it like oh superhero and stuff. You know, I get it for the outside. They're like, bro, you guys, bro, do but some you, crazy I shit, mean, but, you fucking are. But like, for example, for us, I'm like, my biggest thing is if imagine if everyone says I'm not gonna go, then none of these kids. But when I've been in some dark situations already, and I've seen some children, where you see them and you're like, you're that one little arm that reaches out and you're that little lifeline. And you're that little light that they see, bro, it's rewarding. And it feels good. And you're like, oh, no, there's hope. Like, you see their eyes, bro, and they beg for it. So it's like, imagine if it doesn't come, if it never comes. And that shit becomes dark. Bro, you're going to make me cry on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but just imagine. Imagine if it, it, I, boy, you're in a, bro, in a whole dark hole. Yeah. And all of a sudden, somebody shows up on a good side to get you. You're like, wait a second. It brought hope, bro. It's crazy, but that's the truth. So my thing is, as dark as it is, bro, like, I don't I don't think I'm bulletproof. Like, look, right now we're planning on up to 80, and I'm here looking for bulletproof vests that can <laughs> hold an AR-15, an AK-47, just, it's fucked up. And do I want to tell my wife about it? No. Uh, there's levels to it, you know? Um, well, she's going to know now. She's going to know now, you know? And my kids are going to know, which is my thing. Is My thing is, I always want to come back home to my kids. You know, that's my biggest thing. It's priority. Regardless, you know? But, oh. <clears throat> there's kids from other places, bro. That, uh, a kid was, a child was just rescued in Mexico not too long ago, um, and she was kidnapped from five hours north. You get what I'm saying? And and they were just trafficking her, and happened to be the people that got her got lucky because they were the first American tourists that were going to purchase her. Happened to be the right team because God put them there. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends how you look at it, you know? In your experience, how, I mean, how have you seen... How do you start getting human trafficked? Like, what, what have you seen? A lot, a lot of it's probably poverty. A lot of it's probably just lost kids. Like, how does there's probably different ways that people so get a, involved and then remain there? It's a great question. I'll tell you why. Because everyone thinks, "Cono, were they kidnapped and they sold?" No, it's not always the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's the movies. She was kidnapped. She was sold, sold, sold. Open borders, so, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yes, that's one of the major ways. Yes, the other way is poverty. Hey. My little sister, you're for sale. Here you go to the highest bidder. Bye. Um, within their own little towns, bro, um, 
big one is unfortunately fathers, stepfathers. For example, the guy that we're going after right now, Dr. He was our stepfather to the girl he's selling now, and she's 15. He's been the stepfather since she was two. So just imagine what he's probably done to that little girl. She's 15 now. No. He's selling her with her friends to our people. So you have to think about if he was a stepfather to that two-year-old when he got with the girl's mom or whatever back then, how much has he brutalized that girl her whole life? And now he's got to sell her off. He's like, I don't care. I'll sell her. He goes, and I'm going to go to the party too, and I'm going to play with one of the other ones. It's disgusting. It's a sick world. And it's a shit that happens. It's like, it comes from everywhere. It could be sold to the highest bidder. It could be a friend. It could be a cousin. Oh, you. There's moms that sell their girls. Yeah. And they rent them out. I mean, there's massage parlors in DR. that You're there, and there's the mother's there working, and the 15-year-old daughter's working there too. Yeah. So it comes from everywhere. Um. I'm not a specialist, nor do I know too much about anything that happens in the U.S. I know, just like anywhere, because I've seen in multiple countries, the layout. Once they fall in, it's hard to get them out. Right. I will say OUR, for example, I can speak for OUR, has an amazing aftercare program, which aftercare is... Rehabilitates them. Yeah. And they make sure that they get back home safely. We put them where they need to go. If we need to move their families because they're endangered, we will. Um, and it's an amazing... Amazing! I'm talking about these people there, bro. It's funny because there's there's two type of there's two teams and know you are there's the operators, which is what we are, and then there's the aftercare. We think they're amazing because it's like, bro, what you guys do? They heal the yeah. They heal them. They they get them help. They get them all the help they need. They help them get jobs. They move them from country to country. They need to to keep them safe. They do whatever. They oversee those people for life. At the same time, they think we're amazing because we see firsthand the craziness. We have to, you know, play the sick role sometimes yeah. as the traffickers. We have to, you know, meet these traffickers firsthand. You know, we're obviously endangered a lot more because we're in the front lines. But, bro. I mean, both of you guys are two sides of the same coin, really. Like, the operation is, wouldn't, wouldn't exactly exist wouldn't without, you know. And I'll tell you, man, it's amazing. Like, that aftercare system is amazing. And it's and it's everywhere, you know. It's everywhere. But I just know firsthand, like, for us, it's top-notch. You know, like, to get help, there's help out there. There is help that exists. There's a lot of women and children who they get the help and it works for them mm -hmm. there's obviously some people that they don't but it's it's been good it, i can imagine <clears throat> that's that's really hard traumatizing traumatizing like to just leave that behind like you're just like oh you, just you know you life. can't just walk you away you take it with you for life 100 percent. you take it with you for life and then the one some day, people just learn how to manage it i guess they learn how to manage it you're gonna have your good days and bad days regardless like any you know part of thing in life but um like the one thing i have realized is because i've met we, you know, in DR one day, we were there for something else. And one of the guys was like, hey, let's go eat at this place. One of my former girls that I assist works there. I'm like, cool. We went to go eat there. And we met her first class and really cool, really nice girl. Bro, and her story, she was trafficked as a child. Like, really trafficked as a child. Then, you know, she was brutalized really bad. Her her father was killed by a gang in DR in the middle of the street. Like, brutal. that girl went through, like, the worst-case scenario. And then they got her up, and they saved her, and they got her help, and they got her a job, and they've kept off the streets, and then, and she's there, bro. And and it's funny, because you're from the U.S., and we're here chilling, and you go there, and you're like, she works in this cafe. Yeah. What do you want? But that's their life. It's the street. That's though. a reality, yeah. That's their reality. Yeah, they don't go from living in this situation to going to a five stars. Oh, it's... Means of survival, you know, on to the next. And, but she was helped. 
<clears throat> and she appreciated it, and she's awesome, and she connects with him, and she, they communicate, and really good, you know? So it's, it is what it is. Like you mentioned earlier that once like, you're in it, it's really hard to get out. I was reading on that as well, and how I was reading how there's two forms. Of, it's basically the, how they keep them there is through manipulation, and 100%. there's two forms. Just one is psychological, and the other one's physical. 100%. And the psychological one is the more common one, mm-hmm. where either they shame them, or it's not like yep. they, they don't have a life <coughs> anywhere else, or they're disgusting, and they're just not, yep. or they threaten like family or whatever. Like that's that type of psychological like manipulation. And the other one obviously is physical, which is like beating or you know just. So a funny thing is, like for me, um, I love personally when we get to find that guy. You know, or girl, um, because believe it or not, there's a lot of women. Like the story in DR was, you know, we busted a huge organization that they were bringing women from Colombia to DR, promising them jobs like at resorts and stuff like that. And they would do it, and then they brought them, they took their passports, and they're like, hey, look at your family in Colombia. You want to do this and keep them safe? Jesus, man. And they would force them into it. I mean, there was five, six women handcuffed in a hotel, in an apartment room, and so they got out of a movie. Fights. And bro, then the sick part is how many men go through there in a day. And you're like, yo, but they do it. How do you live with yourself? They do it. And they know the conditions of what's going on. Yeah, they don't go fuck. Yeah, they don't go fuck. They just do it. And then on top of that, so in that organization, we ended up we were trying to get to the source of who the plug was in Colombia. And we got to them. And it was a woman. A Colombian woman was the one that was making friends with these Colombian girls, selling them the dream. Shipping them off to DR, and she knew what she was doing. Oh, it was one by one, and that's how it is, man. It's a lot of that. Like, yeah, bro, being a woman doing that to other women, like yeah, that's how I look at it. Like, you have to be a bitch to do that, and you have to be like a piece of shit to do that. And then obviously the men, they would just brutalize them, you know, bully them, scare them, threaten them, you know. They they show them pictures, of, they show them videos, bro. There was one that we saw a video of the girl that was being trafficked in DR. Her daughter and her mother doing groceries. They videotape the mom and daughter doing groceries. And they go, hey, we know where to get her. Do what you got to do. You owe us this much money because we had to fly you here. We pay for your hotel. We pay for your food. We pay for the clothes that you get to wear. So you owe us a balance. And until you pay it off, you're not free to go. And then that balance, they can never really pay it out. They always add on to it. Oh, yeah, I made this much money. Yeah, but you've been sleeping here for the last 15 days and it's this much more. Hey, your food bill is this much. Oh, we have to get you clothes so you look presentable. It's this much. And it, they can never outpay that. And boy, it's sick. Bro. It's sick. It's disgusting. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> That's fucking wild, man. Um, what's the, I mean, I'm guessing it's usually women that you see, but what's the demographic like? It's, I'm guessing it's usually just younger women, but um, it's probably males too, like little boys involved or some shit. So, yeah, it depends where you go and what's what. Um, obviously, it's mostly women, uh, mostly children. Um, some countries, little boys. Um, so it just depends where you're at, kind of, you know. Um, this, the, the worst ones are the little kids, you know. So yeah, obviously. Boys yeah. or girls. It's horrible because... They're children, yeah. It's just, they're children, bro. You're taking away their innocence, their, you know, their pureness. Um, and it's mostly children, unfortunately. And then obviously girls and women, of course, you know. It's little kids a lot of times. Do they usually grab them for anything else besides, like, sexual? Is there... So, for example, like, we have... uh, So, for example, um, right now in DR, there is a situation going on where there's a lot of kids being used for child labor. We will assist and back up the Dominican police with that, 
But that's not our primary. Our primary is for sexual trafficking. So, like, our whole thing is, yeah, we see you see the ones that are being sexually trafficked um, <clears throat> in Haiti, in Africa. We have a team in Africa. They're doing organ harvesting, and that's it's crazy to even think that, but it's a major issue. And they're killing these kids. And who's buying organs. those organs? Do you know the black market? It's ex- it exists. It exists. <laughs> it's creepy, and it exists. I mean. They keep women, they keep special needs women, impregnate them. Like a farm. Them, yeah. Keep them pregnant. Like a farm of, of women. pregnant for nine months. And when the crazy, baby's man. born, they harvest them. It's sick. This is human to human. It's not sick. even like. It's really crazy. And there's levels to it. I mean, it's, it's scary, man. It's ugly. Um, It's ugly to say that. You know, like I, like the best way I can explain this, it's a very ugly job. But rewarding. It's a very necessary job. Yeah. If you like, don't if you don't do it, yeah. who's gonna do it? It's a very necessary job. Like, bro, there's times I'm there and I'm like, I just wanna come home. But you know why you're there. Yeah, you come home you feel rewarded. Maybe a little more fucked up than you than a you little left, more fucked up. But it's <laughs> rewarding. Like, God damn, bro, you know what happens? You know, um you know, there's been there's been days that I come here and I'm like Phew. but I do my best. I programmed myself from the beginning. I said, yo, whatever you do is Leave your emotions and your mixed feelings and your thoughts about it on the plane. Oh, otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. I said, if I can't leave it on the plane, don't bring the show home. <clears throat> because, and I do my best. The second I land here, I'm like. Disconnect. Disconnect completely. Oh, you have when to. I, How I else see, would you be able to live? You know, when I see my kids and shit and I play with my kids, I try not to. Obviously, you know, there's things that happen um, and you relate it to them or, you know, just yeah, yeah, natural yeah, human. Your brain goes there. But I do my best to forget about it. Speaking of fucked up, uh, I wanted to touch on that uh, that famous case with the Dutch guy in yeah. Mexico. Yeah, it's a hard one. So, I mean, as much details you can yeah. go into that, or like who is he, what happened, how to get caught, the whole you know right. A to Z type thing. So, long story short, um, the reason why we had I had no our team didn't have no time to prepare for this guy was because it was so in in Holland he was known for being like. He was trying to make being a pedophile being okay. Long story short, he was trying to push like, hey, look, if you ask a three-year-old, hey, do you want to have sex with me? And the kid says yes because he doesn't know what he's saying yes to. Right. It's okay. So on top of that, uh, what, what I think was, if I remember correctly, what was the key thing that happened was he went to a gay parade and he was promoting being gay and a pedophile is okay and it's the same thing. But a bunch of gay people who were like, hold on, I'm gay, but I'm not a I'm not about, I'm not about this shit, yeah. They're like, I'm not about this. They started calling him out. They're like, hey, don't make, because he was handing out like little flyers and stuff. Mattman was his name, right? Yeah. And they started, no, Nelson, Nelson. Nelson Mattman. Yeah. So they started throwing it, they started throwing it. So a group of lesbian women started throwing it. And they're like, hey, this is not fucking okay. You can't be promoting this. They were the ones that called the authorities. In Mexico. No, no. In um in Amsterdam. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, he went in to Holland. Like, he went and yeah, he, he was in Amsterdam. He went to like he went to like a gay fest, and it was good because this community was like, "Yo, fuck you, being we're not, we're gay. Not, we're not about this type." Of yeah, thing. it has nothing to do with being a pedophile. We're gay. We're not pedophiles. Oh, or to pollute the community with uh, with that. Like, They're like, hey, "Don't come and do yeah, that." Yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. So the good thing was they all stepped up and they they called the authorities. They're like, "Hey," so it opened up a door, and he got in hands with bro like a detective who was obsessed with getting him, which was good. The 
guy was obsessed with getting him. They had him on some, they had him on, they were trying to get him on whatever they could, honestly. They got him. They had some evidence on some stuff that he was doing with little children. I mean, little children. They got him. They arrested him. He made bail, blah, blah, blah. He said, you know what? I'm out of here. He takes off to Mexico. He hides out in Mexico for like six months under the radar. Nobody knew him. Nobody heard of him ever again. Nothing. The detective who was obsessed with him was on the black web. Looking him. Bro, doing his homework. Six months later, he comes up out of nowhere. This guy finds him, reaches out to him. He doesn't know it's him, obviously. Earns his trust. Trust. And he was like, look, I'm in Mexico. I need to make a living. I'm really broke. I need help. He just threw a fish and he goes, hey, I have some friends, man. They're American. They go there. They do these type of parties. You can go make money with them. Yes, count me in. He fell for the trap. They called our team. Hey, can you guys all, everybody everybody flew into Mexico. We're all like, why are we here? Like, it was like, yo, can you guys fly in tomorrow? We're like, yeah, yeah. So we all land in Mexico, Mexico City. We land, they're like, this is the situation. We're like, whoa, okay, got him. And he was big. I'm telling you, he's a big pedophile. Like, he was very well-known in that world. And But uh, what, what made him well-known? What was this history on? The internet, bro, being super controversial. He was, I mean, you look him up, there's mad videos. He was arguing with everybody. Like, no, being a pedophile is okay. Trying to normalize it. Trying to normalize it. <clears throat> you know, love normalize love it. is love type of bullshit. Yeah, yeah that yeah, bullshit. Yeah. If a child says they want it, they, it's a, that's consent. That's <clears throat> insane. <clears throat> so... My cousin thought she was a Ninja Turtle until she was five years old. Like exactly. Like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he was trying to push that to be normal. And then he started connecting and sharing videos. So then there was evidence of him in the internet making moves. So he was trying to normalize it, blah, blah. We finally get to him. We play the stupid role. You know, I'm talking about we had a team dressed up, playing the role. Um, we had a we had a suite at a hotel, played the whole thing. We FaceTimed him tonight, like a night before we got him. Hey, I'm at a club, I can't see you today. You know, you have to play the role. Hey, I'm at a club, I can't see you today. We'll pick you up tomorrow. He was very like nervous about it, but yeah. Fast forward. Yeah, but the 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 desire, the the curiosity, the curiosity. part got, got Bro, him. Bro, he dyed his hair. If you see him on the arrest photo, no hold on. I his arrest photo, he was like, I think it's like orange or red with yeah. a mohawk. So yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah. So he wasn't like that before. If you see him prior, it looked a little different. He got all dressed up. He was super excited about this meetup. So dyes his hair, wears this um pink outfit. There's no other way of putting it. Trying to blend the same, trying to look cute. He was wearing underwear. So I was matching his socks. Creepy as fuck. They call him here the suspect boss of an international pedophile crime gang. No, he's big. He's big, which us getting him led to some major things. Amazing. So Beautiful. it was good. So fast forward, man, we go, we set him up. I picked up, I was his, I was the driver. So I had to go drive into the hood of Mexico, scoop him up. We were tracking his phone with the Mexican authorities. We found where he was, got him. I picked him up, they were tra- obviously tracing us. Get him to the hotel, after a little bit of us getting him, bam, 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 we got him, he got comfortable, he had a couple too many drinks. He started talking, and talking and talking and talking. And me and one of our other guys, we there we're able to hear everything and the mexican authorities were right next door in the other room everything was obviously camera videos everything we heard everything we had enough we went downstairs took him to a public park got his ass the mexican police came out of everywhere 
Um, what was his reaction? He knew it. Yeah. He knew it because I, I say this. <clears throat> what's crazy was like right when we got him, we were going downstairs. He just kept on looking at me. Now that like, he knows, he knows. And the one thing the Mexican the chief of police told me, don't let him get away from you, please. And I go, he's not going anywhere. He was six seven, bro. He was huge. He stands out in Mexico. Yeah, those Nordic guys yeah. are huge. So and the funny thing was, our, our funny funniest thing was when we were there. The last thing that he said to me was, where they're talking, he goes, bro, we're literally crossing the street to get to a spot. And he's like, you know, I anticipated this. I go, yeah, what'd you anticipate? And he goes, I anticipated, but he goes, he goes, I, once I thought you guys could be the U.S. police, but <clears throat> you guys have no jurisdiction here. Mm -hmm. He thought this out. He goes, then I thought maybe you guys are hitmen from Holland, but then I realized I'm only worth $3,000, and that suite is worth more than that. So I don't think you guys are them. <laughs> I know the Mexican police don't do this because they don't do this in Mexico. They're open to the gay community, which he's stupid because he always relates gay with being a pedophile. A pedophile. It's, not the same thing. it's not the same thing. So and he was like, they're open to the gay community, but you're gay and you're a pedophile. It's two different things. So then he didn't know that we were who we were. And as we're crossing the street, he tells me, um, I don't watch much TV, so don't judge me. He goes, do you know, um, do you know what the Squid Games is? I was like, what the fuck are the Squid Games? And he got super offended. What do you mean? So where they're arguing. What the fuck did he create the show? Like, what the fuck is he being offended He about? got super offended. I didn't know what the Squid Games were. And straight up, I didn't know what the Squid Games were. It's a pretty big show, but Don't whatever, judge me. Like, I don't fucking nah, watch TV. Yeah. So where they're talking, he's like, you know, he got super offended. And I knew that we had to get him to, like, that spot. Because then they were going to come out of everywhere. So as I'm getting him, I already got him there. And I'm, I distract him. I turn him. And I turn him where they're arguing back and forth. And I'm looking up at him. And he's big. <laughs> Where they're arguing, and I don't know where, bro, they come. They got him. They fucking threw him in the back of a suburban. And peace. And that one was very satisfying, especially with what we had to hear him say in the hotel room of what he did to a little boy. So it was Did awesome. you guys find evidence on him? Like a oh, he's bunch done. Of, yeah? It was the dogs? The nah, no. Nah, we, we didn't need the dogs. No, no. it was just all a plain, like plain sight type shit. We went with, we, right, so when I picked him up in the hood, when I picked him up originally, we were pinging his phone. <clears throat> we had a bunch of Mexican undercovers in the area. And we saw exactly where he walked out of. You could be tracked, bro. And we, we got back to his house. We got a bunch of evidence that he had there on top of what we already had on him. And we said, what's the best option? Keep him in Mexico or send him back home? We're like, fuck that. Let him stay in a Mexican prison for 30 years. And then deal with that later. What was the spectrum of things that you guys had on him or found that, like, everything whatever you can children. share? Everything like. with children. Um, he was even bragging that he was fucking a little 15-year-old boy in Mexico while he was there. And as clean as that, bro, he was fucking a little three-year-old boy in Holland. Jesus and fucking Christ. let's speak like adults. Even though he was a skinny twig, he's 6'7", okay? Just picture that, he's 6'7". His pecker has to be the size of a pencil, at least. I hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To put that in a little three-year-old child is fucking sick. It's disgusting. So I hope somebody with a fucking eggplant that I'm for the next 30 years of your fucking life in Mexico against your will, just because you like it, a I hope it's against your will. A spiked one. Exactly. Um, so, and he's going to suffer in Mexico. And he did. He has. He has been. Um, connected to him. We got some very big pedophiles in... Uh, Ecuador or something like that, I think it was. Ecuador. We got mm -hmm. some big pedophiles because of him. He called us like he, a month later. Started was, talking. I want to talk. I want to talk. Good. 
And you weren't going anywhere. Thanks for the information. Peace. <laughs> Let's go get these guys. And yeah. And so it's been good. Um, and, and, and I think it put a big stamping on the map. Like, yo, we're out to hunt pedophiles, you know? Um, I think people know about it more now. And people are aware. And obviously, the professionals are going to hide it better. But it lets you know, like, hey, there's people that are coming for you sooner or later. Bro, that's fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Um, when I was listening to your podcast with Bella and Linda, um, the story that actually took me aback was the one where you said that certain traffickers travel with doctors, like for the kids, yeah, like to repair them Mexico without getting that. into too much detail. It's disgusting, but it's like to basically to repair these kids. So I'll tell you quick: Are, are these willing doctors, or are they also like at some point? It depends. Threatened or listen, uh, so. To answer that question correctly, um, the doctor, there's a doctor in Mexico that was willing to stitch up <clears throat> little girls and little boys who were brutalized and ripped up from grown men. That one doctor wasn't there against his will. So, I mean, why not just put a chain around his neck and drag him for the next six miles? You know, um, it just depends, bro. It just depends. You know, obviously there's some situations where people are threatened to do things that they don't want to do, but it's tricky, you know? It's tricky. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta, it's a hard choice sometimes, so you gotta make things happen, but is it, do I continue to let this happen, or we just eliminate that person, Yeah. save all these other kids, sometimes you gotta, you know, pick pros and cons. Yeah, well, lesser of two evil type of bullshit, which is still like, evil, you're but. You're being uh, suffered like, anyways, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. I'm gonna, con I'm gonna let you continue letting all these kids suffer, I'll just take you out of your misery, and that's, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's how I look at it. Gabriel, uh, before we wrap up, so, what do you, I guess, anyone that's watching this that wants to get involved or any, I mean, not everybody can do what you do, right? Yeah. But, like, maybe there's other opportunities or I don't know. Like, so what are you? I'll tell you this. Something that we, like I told you we were right before the show, me and my buddy were talking about it. Like, how can we just make people more aware of it, right? Because it's obviously a major problem in the U.S. Well, that's why I wanted <clears> to make this, this one. It's a major problem in the U.S., number one. Even, look, I do a women's self-defense class, and I teach all the girls that I, I know. I tell them, yo, don't catch an Uber by yourself. Don't go out alone by yourself. Don't fall asleep in an Uber. Don't drink. You know, don't do this. Be careful when you're doing this. Number one, be aware of yourself. Number two, um, there's lifelines to connect to people in the States. For example, a, um, sharing your app on your phone, whatever, mm -hmm. sharing your Uber rides. Girls, be aware of yourself. Share that. Take a self-defense class. Learn how to defend yourself enough just to get away. I'm not saying you're going to be Rambo. Carry, enough to carry get, a taser or some sort. Carry a taser. Get a weapon concealed. Carry a gun. Carry a knife. Um, defend yourself at all costs. Don't let your friend travel alone. Don't let your friend go meet some random person on the internet at a location where you don't know where they're at. Um, <clears throat> if you know someone that's being sexually abused, sexually tra trafficked, get help for them. Get help for yourself. Reach out to somebody. Um... And on the other side, people need to pay attention to signs, you know. Um, sometimes somebody could be reaching out to you and you're coming on head and not being aware that it that person is asking for help. It goes over your head, yeah. So you got to, I tell people, like, you know, just got to be aware of situations now. Um, just look around, be aware of it. Um, if you're on social media, maybe you have a decent following, announce it, man. More people are aware about it, it's going to make it better, you know. Um, it's a major issue, I... Look, there's days that I'm like, are we really doing anything on this? Are we really helping anybody? Because you're like, oh, we got one guy, but the world's big, you know? 
or but it's like and it's I fight with that battle. Yeah, it does. It makes a hell of a difference, bro. It makes that's, I I tell myself that. That's just a network, you know. Yeah. One person can affect so many. Exactly, other. and that's why I say, bro. Like sometimes I'm like, did we even do anything here? No, bro. You can't second guess yourself. But crazy. we do it. You know, it's, it's just me, my craziness. I just I second guess sometimes. I'm like, damn. Even if we just did this one or whatever, it just happens. But. The more that everyone knows and shares it and spills the beans and yeah, talks about it. Awareness is, and then, yeah, awareness anything, is key, yeah. You know? So just that, you know, share it, talk about it, um, and don't deny it because it's real and it's here. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that still don't fucking people believe deny, it. Or they real. don't believe the U.S. is, uh, <clears throat> bro, it's on the government we're websites. The, we're the, like, we're, it's we're, like this. Listen, from what I've experienced, we're the number one consumer and cause of it. Facts. Money. Money. We... As much as people are like, oh, Americans. Americans are a bunch of assholes because we suck sometimes. You know what? Uh, it took me growing up to realize why the rest of the world hates America. And it's like, damn, we're not uh, we're not, we're not the superheroes we say we are. When I travel the world, bro, I've sadly realized yeah. that. Because, like, not for nothing, I'll be in poor countries and I'll be like, these fucking Americans, we suck. We're the cause of this shit. Yeah? <clears throat> you know, but, it, but I'll tell you this, but we also live in the best fucking country 100%. in the world. 100%. Because when I travel these countries, I'm like, you people have no idea how bad it is 100%, over there. yeah. You don't want to be there. I mean... Everywhere else it sucks, but here's a lot. Those this are, suck is a lot better than those are suck. two truths that exist simultaneously. You know, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. It's a sad truth. You know, I love this country. We suck at many things. We're great at many things. But when I go to other countries, I'm like, I want to go home, Doug. Fuck this. So it is what it is. You pick your poison. Pablo, thank you for coming on. Thank you, bro. Thank you for it. being a superhero. Thank you. You're appreciate literally it. the epitome of <laughs> not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> not, I don't believe that. But I it. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate that. Of course. Uh, I don't know if you want to drop any of your socials or whatever. If you don't, well, well, social media, if you want to follow me, Gabriel Stunna is the best way. Um, not Stunna with an E-R, Stunna, S-T-U-N-N-A, Gabriel Stunna, and that's it. Is there a, maybe a link to O-U-R or something like O-U-R, that? O-U-R, oh, man, you can, go to, you can search up O-U-R on anywhere on the internet. Um, I'll tell you this. If you are a donor, want to donate money, you have my word. It's going to a great cause. It's going to a great thing. Um, every donation that we get, we pay for the funding of everything, of all these victims, of big operations to get things done. And first-hand experience, bro, it's it's one of the greatest investments that you can make in your life. Like, it's you know your dollar is going to go somewhere valid. Love to hear, man. Again, that's uh, OUR, Operation Underground Railroad and Child Trafficking. Yep. Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Appreciate you guys. Please, again, like, follow, subscribe, share, do all the things. And that's it. That's all the time I got for today. And uh, have yourselves a good day. And as always, Peace. no se meta con nadie para que nadie se las meta. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>